Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Crucial conversations. It's the weekend. As always, I've got my co-host, Jamal, with me. Jamal, how you doing? Man, I am fired up today. I know. Why is that? Full disclosure, we just got done recording our last episode. And as usual, we log off. I, I convert the MP4 file, and then we call each other, and we kind of go over the show. And immediately when you talked to me, you had an idea. What was that? The idea was that, you know, when when we have someone on, it is this is your moment to really shine and share the world, uh, share with the world all of the great things that you are doing. This is a a great opportunity, not only for yourself, but for the community that you serve. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of just being great. <laughs> Flexing every, a little bit. Yeah, flex. Yeah. So, like. Last, and, and again, full disclosure, we just got done interviewing Rebecca Chambers. That was last week's episode, if you're keeping up. Um, and we've now had, I think, five guests. And um, all of the, like, a couple of them reached out to us and a couple we reached out to them. But the reason why they're on is because they're awesome. I know the things that they're doing in the classroom because they're transparent with it. They're just, they're good. And if there's been one thing that they're tempered on. It's like, Oh, I don't want to focus on just the things I'm doing. Why not? Uh, like, Cause what you're doing is amazing. I think the only, the only guest that really stood out to me though, that did. And I mean this in a great way that did flex a little bit. And I think you remember the episode was Tom Gibson, Tom Gibson. Listen, Tom, when Tom was on, I was trying to buy his product. Yep. He just didn't have anything to sell at that moment. I was like, man, I was trying to figure out how to get this guy to my school and come and set all this up. Yep. And by the way, his podcast, I mean, like his YouTube channel is amazing and it deserves to be exponentially bigger. Mm-hmm. And so when he got on there, he's like, hey, here's the things I'm doing and here's where you can see. And here's, uh, you know, the resources. And I, I guess in a way, this podcast is an open invitation and also discussion on why teachers are so daggone humble. If, if you want to be on the show, be prepared to flex a little bit. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and then that it's okay is the reason why we're having this episode. So I'm going to ask you, Jamal, what is it about teachers that makes us all shucks? We're just humble. You know, you know, uh, there was the uh, illustration. I'm painting a picture for you. There was these, there's this test of, of, with these monkeys, right? And uh, they, they put a new monkey into the cage and there was a way out. And the old monkeys that were in the cage would just, every time the new monkey would try to climb out, they beat him up real bad, right? They beat him up real bad, right? To the point to where he stopped, you know, trying to climb that ladder out of the cage, right? Because it wasn't anything preventing the monkeys from getting out. Then they would put a new monkey in the cage, right? And then the monkey that was beaten up so bad would then beat up the, the new monkey that was trying to climb out the cage, right? And then they kept replacing them right? To represent generations. But I say all that to say this, sometimes when you're trying to climb the ladder, right? Or you're trying to, you know, separate yourself from the the group, the social group can be pretty harsh, which then it makes me feel like, well, I have to put on um, a, a cloak of humility, right? Or a cloak uh, that, that almost kind of includes everyone else, but really, I'm doing all the work kind of deal. And what it does is it it stifles an individual from really being just full throttle, transparent with who they really are. That's like they interview, we were talking, they interviewed these basketball players. 
like Kawhi Leonard scored like 40, 39 points or something like that, hit the game winner. And at the end, he's like, yeah, me and my teammates. Like your teammates didn't hit the game winner. They didn't carry the team. We want to know about you and how great you are. Mm. I, and and I remember we talked about this earlier, this false humility that normally the teammates, like I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag about my guy for a little bit. Peyton Manning, every time he'd have a game-winning touchdown, like, you know, what were you thinking? Well, our offensive line and, the, and you know, never would have been here had it not been for the great job of our, you know, the guy that brought me the Gatorade. You're like, oh, come on, come on. I, I, I see that a lot in, in education. Now, one, I think it's just our nurturing, like, we are what yeah. we are. Most educators are nurturers and they don't want to take too much credit. Um, although I will say when I first, I, I was at a conference several years ago. Um, and that's when I first learned of like the guy approached me, he's like, why haven't I seen your stuff on Twitter? I'm like, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not a Kardashian. That's terrible. And he's like, that's professional development. How do I know how to grow unless you're, if you're doing awesome things, it's almost your, like you almost have to do it to better the profession. Like if you're doing something amazing, put it up there for other people to say, okay, I can use that in my classroom. But being like, but that step of, okay, put it out there and show and tell people this is an example makes people feel so skittish because you're thinking, well, I don't want to think that it's the only way or I don't, I don't feel like I'm bragging. It's okay to brag if you've got something amazing. Yes, this is true. I think, I think we, we get so caught up in what, people think of us and i'd be lying if i hadn't like this guy right here i've been a victim of that like you know i say victim but i've i've, I've been in situations to where I, like i was being asked something about myself and it came across either less confident or just kind of watered down because i literally thought about what are the people in my social group my direct social group, whether it be teaching, my family, what are they going to think? When they hear this, because they will, it's all, they, they, no matter if I put it on a dark space on the internet, they will hear it and find out what are they going to think of me after that? And will I be able to go back to my social group? So some of it really is, you know, me just thinking like, I have to live where I live at and you don't. I can't take a vacation and spend all my money and not have enough money for my mortgage kind of deal and that analogy. So I think sometimes we think about, we think too much about what others may think of us and our approach in life sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, so uh, other than uh, how, how do we, other than the show, start encouraging more teachers to showcase what they do? How, you know, is there like, little steps like, okay, here, <laughs> I mean, other than just the everybody get on Twitter thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I mean, like we, we even talked about in her last episode that some teachers that are doing it differently, and I'm not saying that the other teachers are wrong, but she's like, it, but it can be isolating. I think the, one of the things that online, like the social media for teachers has done is, is that the, <laughs> the different kind of teacher finds his or her own tribe and they can feel a little bit more comfortable with that. But how do you begin to showcase and flex a little bit in your own building, not just online? Well, so, so, okay. So, so in your own building, and I touched on this a little, 
a little bit last week, I believe. If not, I'm going to say it now. In your own building, there's a way to create buy-in, right? You have to you have to perform within the boundaries of the social group that you are a part of. And I'm using social group because this applies to any sector, right? You have to get buy-in to your mission. You have to educate. You have to collaborate, right? And that doesn't mean allow people to change who you are and what you're trying to do. That means like, hey, I'm doing this over here and I think that you can be a part of this and add value to what I'm doing over here with these kids. But the focus is the kids in schools or whatever it is that you do in your sector, right? So the way you operate in a, a corporate setting or your job setting is different than the way you operate on social media. When you're on social media, you are your business. You are the entity that drives that drives everything. It's one-on-one basketball. It's free-for-all. So you take, you're taking every single shot. You're selling you, but you're also letting the world know just everything that there is to know about you. So there, there really is no kind of, um, there's a separation in, in how you operate as an individual and how you operate with, within, within your school setting or within your, 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 uh, social group setting. So on social media, man, I want to, if I'm following you and you're posting, you know, seven steps to a healthier, a healthier life, you know, drinking glasses of water, how that impacts, you know, whatever I'm following you because I want you to speak into my life. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Keep going. Actually expand. You're in the flow. So, so the reason why I follow you is because you have something of, of value that I desire. I, I, I look up to you. Like, I don't follow just anybody. <laughs> look at my Twitter. Like, I, I don't, I don't only follow a certain people. Right. So for me to say, all right, cool. I'm a, I'm going to follow you. You better be putting out some things that are follow worthy. Like I, I, I don't just see myself, like I'll jump off the, I'll jump off the bridge with you if jumping off the bridge is going to add value to my life. So like you have an opportunity on these social platforms and, you know, you know, some people joke and they, and they call some people on social media, you know, social media preachers and all this. Influencers. Yeah. Influencers, whatever. Right. Yeah. But you are influencing, you know, our thought processes, what, what we do, like you are a, you, you are typically my colleague, or someone who I aspire to be. So whatever you say has some validity in my life. And guess what? If I don't think that you're valuable or I don't think what you're saying is valuable, I delete you, unfollow you and block you because I personally do not allow things to penetrate my mind that are unfruitful and unproductive. Right. And I think a lot of people are getting to that point because we're, we're, inundated with so much information and if you have something great and you stand out to one person yeah you made an impact in this world yep you know it's interesting you say that i think the other byproduct is is that i don't want to say in fear of you being deleted or or unfollowed is that it keeps people accountable or or it separates the pretenders from the contenders i mean going back again to like Noah Geisel, I had him on last week, or Tom Gibson, we, we just talked about him and his work, or Rebecca here most recently. I, I can see their growth, and I can see what they do 
but I'm sure when they're like, hey, that next thing, like what's our next student project going to look like? I think that they, they use this as an accountability tool. They, they want to say like, please take a look at our classroom because we think we're doing amazing things. One, to showcase actually, yes, what can happen to be like even, I know that it helps my students. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're like, hey, where, where's that latest podcast? Where's that latest project? Because you built an audience now that now the people that you reached out to want to see the next level. And I think that's a great accountability piece. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it connects us like, so, you know, I think really operating in your, in your sector, like we have, we, we live in a society where everyone wants a trophy. Everybody wants to, you know, feel good. Everybody wants to get on Twitter or Instagram and or Facebook and have a hundred thousand followers tomorrow. We want like that instant gratification, right? And as and as a result of that, what ends up happening is you have uh, a lot of people who just don't understand that when you when you're operating in a social sector, like it's really individual based. Like we want to know how great you are. Like I want to know your story, right? The thing, the, the the thing that's most captivating to me about some people on social media, like like a Gary Vaynerchuk, is his story. When he tells you about, you know, when he him growing up and he didn't make great grades, but he was, you know, making bank every every Saturday and Sunday um, at, at at the comic show, and how he, you know, did a forty thousand dollars salary. And he worked, you know, uh, and he had a two million dollar company or or whatever his like he he has a he has a captivating story. Like, listen, I'm sure, especially in the education sector, what a, a lot of times we don't see is people sharing their story. And your story is going to be an inspiration to me because when you tell like Don, when you came to my district and you told the full story about how your class started and then where it was at, it was inspiring because I can see your failure and I'm encouraged to know that I'm not the only one who messes up. Right. But I can also see your success. Right. And I can also see how, how, what it took to be successful and it, and it inspired me to do more than what I was doing. So when you guys are on social media or, you know, are on the show or anything, man, take the opportunity to yeah. tell your story, inspire us, your failures and your successes is, is those are the things that that's, that's going to help the people. Cause we all have the head knowledge. We yep. all know how to teach. We all know, we all know data. We all know the, listen, tell your story. So when you get on this mm. show, or mm-hmm. any other stuff. Tell your story, not history, yeah. but your story, because yep. that's, that's the thing. Like that's why you are here. That's why you're in place. Tell your story. Well, yeah, moves mountains. I mean, and, and we we've heard so many of the edgy buds words, and and I think what I was saying, like it also separates the contenders from the pretenders. I remember the first. <laughs> there were some people that I followed back in my early days of Twitter, and because like they were known for some of the stuff. And I'm like, I dig through their stuff. I'm like, when have you done it? And, and, and then I realized like they hadn't, they were just talking about it, which is always kind of funny. Like education and, and, and athletics are so different. I, could you imagine um, the last coach, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers having like doing a keynote on winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> We've got some people that talk about these great, you know, 
practices and all the innovation in the classroom. Like, have you done it? So, no. yeah, no. So I, I, I agree. Tell your story. Cause when we see your story, we now only, we hear ourselves in that. We think of the students that you inspired us with. You have that one kid that did that one thing. Like I've got that one kid. I've got the archetype of that one kid. And, and, and that, and, and that makes you now the expert. And I think that that's totally okay. Even when we shy away from that, like, Oh, I'm just little old me. And no, mm-hmm. you're awesome. You're yeah. awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think, and, and this is me being like just real dry and data driven again, research shows that your mind can't, the human mind really does it, does a really bad job of differentiating your experiences and my experiences. Right. So if, if I hear and see you doing something, right. It's almost like my mind takes that and it's, it becomes my experience now. Right. So you, you sharing your experience with others is giving other people that same experience. So when I cross that bridge, I don't have to die like you did. <laughs> I know how to maneuver now, right? right. And, and you push so many people forward. Like this, this, that's the old adage that says faith comes by hearing, right? But then you also have, you have the, the fact that you're going to push a generation further than you will ever go because we don't have to live the same life that you've lived in order to get to where you are because you've given us a blueprint. Absolutely. So circling back, this is your open invite. If you're thinking, I don't know, I've done some cool things in the classroom. Great. Now's your time. Reach out to us. If you saw this podcast via Twitter, you know how to get a hold of us. If you don't, uh, I'm at Don Wetrick, Jamal. Uh, I'm at Jamal Crook. Um, Jamal Jamal at startupinnovation.com. And I'm on LinkedIn at Jamal Crook. Same. There you go. So be confident. It's okay to share the awesome things you do because that's how we learn. We don't need to get just our pedagogical (laughs) blueprint from some company or university. You can do it if you're creating something special. So I appreciate that. No, and I I immediately... um, you know, wanted to reach out because Jamal's Jamal speaks from the heart on this one. So Jamal, uh, take us out, man. Well, this is Jamal Crook and Don Wettrick reminding you that opportunities are everywhere. <laughs>